0: You know what, I reckon this is my first fucking tea in, in uh, like a week or something, because we've been let out. I'm also very aware that this sounds like you've just joined me in the middle of a conversation that I'm having someone else, but you know what, I'm having it with you. I thought, why not start on the front foot today? What's up? It's Aiden Jones. Welcome. Thank you for listening to Sitting Under a Tree for the 3rd of yeah, November 2020. How the fuck are you, mate? How the fuck are you doing, yeah? What the fuck do you want from me? How the fuck are you? I've just been hanging out with an English person who doesn't sound at all like that, but, you know, once you've heard one, you've heard them all really with the English. Um, Oh, mate. First tea. uh, The fact that I'm having this... Oh, it's still too hot. Oh, you're going to burn your hands, Aidan. Don't do that. The fact that I'm having this first tea for, you know, maybe since last week's podcast... Just goes to show how bloody open up we are in Melbourne. Oh my God, what a week it has been. Just today, I've just come from the beach. It's uh, 2.06 post-mortem as I record this. Is that funny at all? Just saying a different word instead of PM? We all know it means post-meridian. All right, we all know that. We're all aware of that. We're not stupid. But I just put, put mortem in there. Imagine if uh, it was called PM post-mortem because that's when they used to do, maybe that midday was when they used to do the, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, what's it called when you fucking look through a dead body? Um, God damn it. Not a bitchery. <laughs> what's it called when uh, you, fight the coroner, that cunt. When he, um, oh, this is killing me right now. How do I not, I know this word. The autopsy, all right? So maybe at midday was back in the day when they invented PM. That's like when they used to do all the autopsies. You had to do it, you had to have it done by midday because then that cunt with his fucking cart, you know, the bring out your dead guy with his cart used to come by at midday. So if you didn't have the dead bodies looked through and all the hearts squeezed or whatever they had to do with them. (laughs) <laughs> then, you know, then it would have to sit in your house for the rest of the day. That'd be annoying, wouldn't it? Grandma's already dead. You don't want to have her propped up against the cadenza looking at her for another fucking 22 hours or whatever until you bring out your dead cart guy comes around and collects them Also, have it done. Have all your bodies. Maybe that's some logic that we need to be like, you know, taken forward as the pandemic deepens and the dead pile up. It feels like we're pretty much fucking. I mean, how many dead piled up in Australia? Seven hundred or something was it? A thousand? It's really not that many because we did it right. Thank you, Dan Andrews. But anyway, that's maybe that's something that we need to look for, or we need we need to think about as we head deeper into the pandemic. When do you want? I'm just gonna fucking end this riff. This is all. I feel like it's being a little bit offensive as well, trivializing the, you know, all the dead people. I just um, saw a friend on um, I just saw a friend on Instagram who's in the UK. Who it's weird, man. It's so odd, isn't it? I don't know if you guys have got mates out in Europe or the UK. I don't know if you've travelled like I have. Let me send you word from Europe. They're going back down into lockdown, aren't they? In the UK, um, I find it very strange how they do it there. Like the way we kind of did it here, it felt like was like we're going into lockdown tonight. Because it's like it's a quick response, isn't it? Shit's happening. We've got to get a handle on it. We're done tonight. You've got a few hours and then it's in. Over there, they're like, we're going in a lockdown a bit later. Let's have tea first. Play a game of cricket. <laughs> I say like we don't play cricket here. We absolutely play cricket here. But do you know what I mean? Like it feels like they're going very slow in the UK. They announce it but then it's like we'll give it a few days and then we'll do it. it's like, man... Your house is on fire now. Get out. But anyway, they're all going back down into lockdown and I saw a mate. Uh, it just feels a lot more real what's happening over there as opposed to the kind of abstract nature of the pandemic, the way it felt over here. Even when we're in lockdown, you can feel the effects of it. But I still don't know anyone who was seriously affected by the illness, you know, the actual the fucking the virus, the thing that we're all running from, but we're all just inside. Sounds very conspiracy theory vibe at the moment, doesn't it? But I'm not. I believe in the virus. (laughs) I believe that it is a real thing that's happening. But I guess just it's a tribute to how well we contained it here, that it wasn't something that personally affected me or anyone that I know in Australia. But I just saw my friend in the UK talking about she was going to go out and buy some stuff today before the lockdown kind of came in and was posting about her plans to do that on her Instagram story and then the next post like an hour later was like oh can all of that because my housemate's been in contact with someone who has the virus so now we all have to isolate so I can't go out anymore and it's just like fuck yeah that's What happens? I don't know anyone that that happened to here. The most day we had was 700 cases and it felt scary, but we locked down quick. Over there, they're having like thousands of cases. I don't know anyone that had to isolate. Do I? Oh, and I think I do. I don't know. Anyway, I'm feeling very, I'm feeling very lucky. I'm feeling very blessed. Hashtag blessed that, um, I mean, we're just coming out of it and Something I am kind of trying to be mindful of now as uh, my friends in the UK are talking about going back into lockdown is like don't be smug or don't be like accidentally rubbing it in people's faces, hey, because it's interesting as they go back in and I'm very aware of like having a few conversations, having a few important discussions with friends um, about What's happening with them? And uh, like, you know, there's, I've had a couple of people say that they're angry and I'm like, I remember that. I remember being angry. I don't want to forget. I was very fucking angry. Like when we went into lockdown, I was like, I'm angry. I don't have anyone to be angry at, but I just am angry. And uh, I remember... <sighs> I remember being very aware of like, don't... uh I, I didn't want people who weren't in the same thing as me to fucking talk to me you know and me talking to people who weren't living in melbourne and and living through the same struggle still feels weird to say it like that but it was it was a fucking struggle um living through the same thing i didn't want to talk to them because i was like you don't fucking get it and so talking to them was it felt like an effort um so whenever someone who uh, my friends in the uk talk to me i spoke to my friend in paris the other day who's always up for a chat and i kind of just said hey man i just saw this new story and whatever i hope you're doing okay and very unlike him it was very short responses and i was like fuck he must be taking it hard i gotta remember to not make that like why isn't my friend talking to me and to just go like it's all right he's probably just send him my love trying to say that without delving into the irony and detachment i'm trying to send all of my friends who are going into lockdown if you listen to this if you're someone who's going back into lockdown i send you my love and my voices i'm raising my voice right now because i'm struggling through making fun of myself for doing it but i just i am my my thoughts are with you if you're in europe or anywhere that's going back in a lockdown because it's fucking hard and now that i've said that I can say without feeling bad, damn it is good to be in Melbourne right now. Woo, baby. Oh, we did it. We beat the virus. Suck shit, everyone else. We did it. (laughs) And uh, much like Donald Trump after his little brush with death, we are immune now. It's done. Melbourne is immune We had that That fucking Adrenochrome Or whatever Speed based Medicine They were feeding Donald Trump As a city We took the social Equivalent of that Which was a Four month lockdown And now we are All immune And nothing can happen People are Kissing on the beach I've had more hugs Is it bad to say that? I've I'll say it I've been hugging people I've hugged friends I've hugged enemies I've <laughs> man fucking sunday in, in um, edinburgh gardens was just mayhem oh my god it felt so good some of my friends like justifiably so are still quite tentative around you know groups of people and not sure but i'd be lying if i say i genuinely felt like that i love being around people man i loved seeing all the people out on sunday it was the first good like kind of Clear skies Day Since the Restrictions were lifted Met up with some Friends in the park And everyone was Fucking out There was mu- Someone brought Like their big speaker Some fucking Bush doof head Who's <laughs> Like Rainbow serpents Fucking cancelled bro I'm DJing In Eddie Gardens <laughs> And you know what Fair play to that Whoever the fuck That was Cause they held off On the side trance And they were playing music That everyone could get into Bit of funk bit of like jazzy something i don't know just very inoffensive they were going middle of the road i think they were playing for the crowds because that's the mindset that you have to be in if you're bringing your big speaker to edinburgh gardens on a sunday afternoon you're not playing you're not going to be able to play you know what actually hats hats off bully for you mate that whoever that dj was (laughs) who was in Edinburgh Gardens on Sunday. Because that, if you, if you, look, if you own one of those big speakers, you're pretty serious about playing music for people. That's quite a forceful move, isn't it? No one's buying, like dropping, I guess, there were two, they were like a stack. I'm guessing it would have cost like 500 bucks, maybe a grand. No one's dropping that amount of money on speakers who doesn't fancy their own music taste. You know, there's a level of ego involved in that purchase. And, um, so if you're making that purchase, you've probably already got some tracks in mind that you want to share with the world. Hey, everyone look at the music I listen to. Isn't it great? Aren't I great? Does anyone maybe want to hook up? (laughs) That's how I interpret that move. I'm bringing the big, I've bought a fucking sack truck. And a, and a couple um, a couple of those ocky straps to, to take my speakers to the park because I'm trying to fuck, and or, or you know I've just I bought these speakers that's my move right I'm not going to walk up to the girl at the party but I am going to stand in the corner playing obscure disco tracks. <laughs> <laughs> hoping, hoping that one of the uh, one of the more introverted uh, women at the party kind of picks up on that and starts making eyes at me across the dance floor. And um, that guy though at the park, he knows he's playing to a completely different crowd. So when you get to the park, you can't be playing the same fucking you know deep cuts that you're playing at the party. Because no one's pay you're there. You are there. There's a social contract in place where you're only there if you're you're pleasing the masses at that point, and uh, that must have taken a lot of humility for that guy who brought those speakers in a fit of ego-driven frenzy. And I'm going to show everyone how great my music taste is. To then come to the park and play to the masses, and that's what he was doing. You know, I think he was playing. I'm. This is something that I've been thinking about is I feel like my music taste as I – music isn't a hobby of mine. It's something that I enjoy, but I wouldn't say that I put time into it. And uh, there are definitely people out there who I know who spend time finding specifically like a a kind of music that they know they like and sifting through a lot of different music to be like kind of well-versed, knowledged if you are a fan of um, awkward words And shitty constructions There are people out there Who are putting a lot of energy into finding the kind of music That they like And I just I don't think I'm one of those people anymore I wouldn't say I'm like Into music I have certain music that I like And music still makes me happy But it's not a thing That I'm like You know That's my fucking thing um, What the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> god damn i really felt like i've I've been on a roll for how far are we in now 15 minutes thirteen fifty. i really feel like i've been uh, <laughs> the way that i've been talking for the last five minutes is like all right yeah i'm getting to a point and uh and i just forgot everything about what i was saying i don't know that guy at the park good on him because that's not the kind i feel like the, that's right i feel like i knew all of the music that he was playing and i'm not I guess, uh, up my own ass in terms of my music tastes enough to think that I'm just like, you know, oh, wow, I must really be into music because I know all these songs. No, I think the reason I know all these songs is because this is just the kind of music that you will end up knowing if you're not paying attention. And that was the kind of stuff that he was playing. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just of the exact demographic of the kind of person that's going to go to Edinburgh Gardens. That's probably more to the point. Late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Um, friends not doing anything on a sunday maybe a few people very br- brunswick for you know what maybe it's just a, i live in brunswick and i like living in brunswick <laughs> fuck i love living in brunswick it's so sick this is exactly the people white middle class <laughs> that's it they was playing for the white middle class <laughs> Young professional crowd <laughs> The kind of people whose friends are going to rock up to the park with ceviche And you know what, that's exactly what happened <laughs> The Tom Mish listening um, You know, UK softboy hip-hop Instagram posting, medium-level Insta-following Everyone is a kind of low-level influencer, that vibe Yeah All right Anyway, it's been great, man. It, you know what? I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be down on myself for that. That's where I am. That's where I'm fitting in, and it, it felt fucking great on Sunday just to be at the park and be around all those people, man. There was one moment when the cops came through, um, and there was over near the big big speaker man. I guess he had. Uh, in a way gotten his wish because there were a bunch of people around dancing and I didn't go over there but it looked kind of like I don't know it didn't look like there was a big throng and it looked like everyone was keeping their distance respectfully I saw masks on when people were standing up mosques I saw masks, and and then the cops came through and I was like oh shit is there going to be a bit of trouble but the cops kept their distance and it didn't look like there was, I mean, the rule is 10 people from 10 households, but people were kind of far enough away and it was just good vibes. I don't think anyone was, I think it was all done in good faith. I don't think anyone was looking like they were about to try and do the wrong thing or like deliberately flouting the. That's what I'm talking about, man. The mask protest people just don't be an asshole. Just don't be angry and you can stand up. You can have a bit of a dance. It's okay. No one's going to fuck with you. As long as you didn't bring a sign, as soon as you fucking brought a sign along, as soon as you're like, and now I'm angry, that I feel like, yeah, anyway, I don't need to talk about it. There's enough politics happening in the world right now. And there's your segue. I watched 10 minutes of Donald Trump talk last night. You know, I haven't watched him talk yet. Everyone's talking about Donald Trump and how crazy he is. And he is crazy and it's very funny. But I realized I hadn't actually watched him speak as yet, you know. And I went on YouTube and I was like, I'm just going to watch Donald Trump talk uninterrupted at one of his rallies for 10 minutes and then I'm going to watch Joe Biden for 10 minutes. And I'm just going to see how they speak because I mean, I watched Donald Trump first and I kind of knew he was going to be more interesting. And like, he was... He was absolutely more interesting. Just a compelling speaker. He had this way of talking where his inflection was very much like he's never getting to the point, And he was always just kind of arriving at a thing. And now I can't do it. I can't. What was the... Oh, yes. Sleepy Joe. But Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. Where's the million? I'm not going to do a fucking... Imp- Why do I keep trying to do impressions on the podcast? I'm trying. Here I am trying to be kind to myself and and you know, big up myself in in moments and not be so down and negative about myself. And yet I go and do something so worthy of contempt and scorn as to do a Donald Trump impression. That's not a great way to you know. Anyway, um, yeah, I watched Donald Trump talk for ten minutes and uh, he just has that inflection, like he's just gonna. He just keeps talking. He never gets to a point. And uh, every now and then they'll clap or, you know, the crowd. There wasn't even that many people there. It didn't sound like a few hundred, maybe a thousand. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a stadium. I guess the way that it's reported on, it's like, he's always playing stadiums, but he definitely wasn't. He did six gigs in that day though. Six, six gigs in a fucking day. And he is playing a big, big crowd. I mean, fuck. Do all those people pay to get into that event? Let me find. Okay, Google. Do do the tickets to Donald Trump's rally cost money? Here's what I found on the web. Donald Trump is hitting the campaign trail. Here's how much it costs to attend a Donald Trump rally. Since March, the president held Donald Trump rallies are free. They are free. Okay, if you're interested in attending a Make America Great Again rally, you won't have to pay a cent. Tickets are completely free. However, you will need to get tickets ahead of time if you hope to attend a rally. Go to the Trump campaign website, website, rep, rep, Republica site, click rallies, whatever. You might not get to see the president. Oh, fucking that would just be, you'd be livid, wouldn't you? Go to the rally, wear your mask, get an umbrella, deck your kids out in red, the face paint, dip your kid in a vat of red paint (laughs) Um, and still don't get to see the president. I don't know. It didn't feel like there were that many people there at the rally from just the chanting and stuff that was going on, but um, at one point, so the whole thing is I was trying to, I'm like, okay, what does he actually sound like? Let me try and compare these two guys as just guys because that seems to be what the election is about. It's just the guy. They just love a fucking guy over there. So I'm listening to Trump talk and he, I, I listened to him for about 10 minutes. I didn't really take anything away from it. He doesn't like Joe Biden. He thinks Joe Biden's son was given money by $3 million by a Russian guy. But it's not even really – he was kind of making these points and then it was like he was a comedian. Like every time you could feel the crowd hadn't reacted in a while, he just started heckling Joe Biden going like, oh, but he is he's a bit of an idiot, isn't he? But then he would say stuff like, we've had the greatest year. I guess I've just never paid attention and I've just been listening to what the media say about him. So I was like, let me go to the source. And uh, yeah, he's <laughs> – just saying we've had the greatest year ever. Our economy's in the best shape ever. Every number that he quoted the best was the best percentage ever. One of the greatest numbers. That's right. He said. The greatest number in the history of our country. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? 2.3%, the greatest number in the history of America. <laughs> Oh god He really just does Step it up On the meaningless rhetoric But he was compelling And um, Oh the other one was Ethanol He (laughs) was (laughs) <laughs> it's was like, ethanol, people, ethanol. Now, I don't know. It doesn't mean much to you, but the ethanol people are very pleased with us. They're very excited for us. They've got We've got a big deal, the best deal on ethanol in our country's fine history. And the ethanol, I know it doesn't mean much to you, but the people that care about it, they're very excited. And they, we want to thank them for everything they've done. Just that for 10 minutes. So I was like, okay, I feel like I've seen everything I was going to see. So I go to the Biden one. Which politically, morally, I'm, you know, I would vote for Biden if I was over there. And I mean, that guy, I fucking, it's right. Everything that everyone says, everything that everyone says, believe it or not, is correct. Donald Trump is a great speaker, but he's crazy and he doesn't make any sense. Joe Biden has on paper all of the policies that a right thinking person would go for. The environment shit, trying to tax the super wealthy, redistribute wealth a little bit so that the lowest income earners in society are better off and all of that stuff, but he can't fucking talk. And he did. He stumbled over his words. He did. And I couldn't talk. I I listened to him for like, I couldn't talk to him. They wouldn't let me talk to him. I called the number. I couldn't listen to him. But I got like three minutes in and I was like, this is boring. I want to listen to Trump again because he. I didn't... I want to say I didn't agree with anything he said, but that would almost be incorrect. It's not that I didn't agree with it. I just didn't understand anything he said or everything that he said was just so ridiculous, the greatest number in the history of our country. How do you disagree with that? <laughs> How do you disagree with that? It's almost like... Um, The sky today is the bluest sky, the bluest sky I've ever seen. You can't get a bluer sky than that. And you look up and the sky is blue. You're like, well, I mean, I can't say you're wrong. I don't know if the sky was bluer yesterday. I didn't check. That was it. It's not that you disagree with him. It's just like he's not really making any sense. (laughs) Which is kind of funny, but then if he, you know, and if you're angry or I'm angry at the government, then you go, yeah. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is I'm disappointed that the election is almost over because, God, it's exciting. We're going into overtime, aren't we? I say we. It doesn't really matter for us. feels less and less relevant, the American election, but I've been, like... I guess we're going to be talking about it next week and all of the left-wing podcasts that I've been listening to are predicting a, a Biden victory and God, I hope that that's the case. But even if it's not, I feel like it doesn't matter. I feel like if this year has taught me anything, it's that even when the worst possible outcome happens, ultimately, it kind of doesn't matter, you know, we're going to be okay or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll die. Maybe the people closest to us will die and that will be awful but we'll still be alive but that'll be something that we have to go through. (laughs) I'm very tired of of trying to care about things. I'm very tired of um, being anxious about stuff this week. I've felt like I've been a little bit anxious about even just going back to seeing my friends. I feel like I put a lot of emphasis or a lot of uh, stress or weight or just importance. I placed a lot of importance on you know seeing my friends again. I was like, I got I to see my friends and it's going to be great. And I was almost scared that it wouldn't be great because I haven't seen some of my friends in such a long time. Friends I haven't seen or even really spoken to in like four or five months since comedy was on because that's just our friendship. It's not to diminish the friendship but our friendship exists through doing stand-up all the time. Something that we all care about very deeply and we have that in common and so we see each other and, and, you know, talk about it and laugh and share a sense of humor around the industry that we're in and because we haven't had that to interact through, suddenly it feels like the friendship isn't there because I'm not talking to these friends. And so to go back and see them, I felt like, is it going to be the same? That was really, that was something that was really hard actually. Just scared. Is it going to be the same or, you know, am I not going to be able to connect with my friends because we don't have this thing that we connect through. And, uh, I really feel like I, I gave myself a lot of anxiety through asking those questions Um, I remember at the start of the year thinking about being in situations where like I put a lot of pressure on myself to, you know, in a kind of group situation, I have these thoughts. I've been thinking a lot about, um, my own self-worth. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about, let's unpack this. (laughs) Um, I've been talking, I've been thinking about my own self-worth and the way that maybe I don't. I uh, I don't have like a high opinion of myself, maybe. That's something that I'd like to think about and, and kind of, yeah. Anyway, so when I'm in a group situation, sometimes the thought that I, I, I do a lot of like negative self-talk. So when I'm in a group situation, sometimes the things I'll be saying to myself are along the lines of, I haven't said anything funny in a while. I'm not earning my place. You know, these people are kind of, I'm thinking in my head that the people I'm with are looking at me going, he's not very funny. Why are we hanging out with him? And so what I'll do out of insecurity is I'll be louder and try and be funny. And if that doesn't land and it's like a, you know, feedback loop where I got to be louder to try and be funnier and it's insecurity and that in itself, it can be very grating. And um, I felt like at the start of this year, I was kind of, for the first time getting to terms with – coming to terms with um, like just rather than getting loud and, and you know, being all like – just coming to terms with that insecurity and sitting with it and not needing to be the most obvious person in a group situation. Um, I was feeling very good about that and the progress that I was making. And I guess in the last six, nine months since the pandemic has been going on, I've been um, – by myself again and I've kind of lost a lot of that progress and I forgot I just forgot that that was a thing that I was thinking about and working on and so when I jumped back into a group situation again without kind of putting myself in that mindset of like I don't need to be the loudest person I don't need to be the funniest person it's okay all that anxiety came back and I wasn't ready for it and I almost bailed on the whole thing Um. We were at one pub on Thursday and I was like, almost like, you know, oh, I'm just going to go home. We were there for a couple of hours. We were going to another bar and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go home. Called it. And then I was like, oh, I'll walk with you guys for a bit more. And my mates were like, oh, come on, man. Like, come to the next place. And after a little bit, I was like, you know what? Yeah. Why wouldn't I fucking just hang out for a bit more? And uh, I'm very grateful that I did that because after I pushed through that initial uncomfortableness, it uncomfortableness? Discomfort. After I pushed through that initial discomfort, um, I felt so much better. But it was just, I don't know, it's like the the lockdown is over but the effects are still with us is the um, saccharine and, and very self-indulgent thing that I'd like to commit to right now. That's it, isn't it? Just because lockdown's over doesn't mean that we're not still dealing with I don't like that I'm not being very funny right now, but I guess I just haven't had a very funny week. Um yeah. That's it. I guess I just haven't had a very funny week. I feel like uh I'm really ne- like we're back open so we can see everyone again but I'm still waiting for comedy to come back so it's this weird limbo where everyone else now has stopped talking about the pandemic but I'm still waiting for my thing and I'm hoping it's only going to be like a few more weeks before I can do shows in the shed again because at this level of restrictions I'm still not allowed to it'll be hopefully the next level when we're allowed to have 20 people at our our homes I don't know if it'll get lifted to that level but we'll fucking see (sighs) yeah I'm still waiting Anyway, the beach this morning was nice. Went to the beach, Sandy on Beach. I don't know. I don't know that I have that much else to talk about. Um, the picture this week is uh, oh, I got a good uh, pictures of people taking pictures at the park. That felt great. So I'll have that one in there. I think that's pretty much it, man. That's the half hour. I feel kind of tired and I've got a lot of shit that I need to do for the rest of today. Um, doing these sketches for the leak. If you haven't watched the leak, this week's episode, my sketch was at about 20 minutes that I was pretty happy with. It was very silly. I was playing a a, um, a therapist who was doing couples counselling for this couple and it was all recorded over Zoom and uh, the couple that were supposed to be in counselling were also not even in the same room. Everyone, we all recorded it separately. And they recorded their parts um, before me and they had like a nice therapist's background and the – some of the right, I guess the fact that we're doing it like every week and it's really quick means that we can't really work on the sketches that much. So I don't know that a lot of them are really that funny. There's kind of one idea in them, and then they just kind of give them to us. And I mean, I'm just going to go film it today and try and have fun with it, and hopefully that's fun, you know. Um, but last week, me playing the therapist in this one sketch, I uh, I feel like I actually did an okay job. Let's toot my own horn, but you know what? I'm allowed to do that. Fuck you. Um, So the couple were suffering from like indecision, paralyzed by choice. That was the thing, was like every time they try and go to a new place to like go for dinner together, they get stuck looking for too many places, whatever. And uh, I just, I was eating an ice cream sandwich while I was filming it. And I thought it'd be funny to just make the therapist, the therapist is a bad therapist and he's just eating the whole time. So I just recorded all of my lines and then I put the background superimposed on like just a dirty, you know, like I looked up filthy office. So it was just like an office covered in cans or whatever. And it was just me with a mouthful of like brown ice cream talking, going, (laughs) Um, you know, like a therapist who's just eating an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> While trying to fix someone's broken marriage Right That's kind of funny um, I had fun doing that And it came out alright And I think because the other two guys Kind of played it straight in there I mean it makes sense right It's so hard to film something When you don't have another person to bounce off of Like what the fuck are you going to do Just do your lines And if, <laughs> if there's no jokes in the lines Which there's not really you All you can do is just say them straight And uh, I guess the characters of those two guys were played to be quite sincere, like they were genuinely, oh, we can't find a place to go and eat at. Um, So they just recorded their lines kind of straight and then I was this fucking asshole guy that I got to play that was like (laughs) eating an ice cream sandwich while trying to fix this couple's marriage. I had a lot of fun with it. So if you want to watch that, I mean, watch the whole episode if you want to. I haven't watched the rest. I just watched the ones with me in it. (laughs) I should watch the rest. Maybe I'll watch the rest later. Um, But that sketch is at like 20 minutes if you want to go and watch that. I'll link it to fucking – I'll link it in the description of this. Other than that, I hope you guys are having a sick week. If you're in Melbourne, fuck yeah, we did it. If you're in Europe or the UK, my thoughts and prayers are with you, he says, with a straight face dying on the inside. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.